Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 325, and today I'll be talking about Going, Going Gauntlet from Glitch Tex. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, how wonderful was this episode? My favorite character keeps becoming better and better, and I'm also more upset with her mom than ever. Sending her to the mung bean fields like that was just cold. Okay, to the side, Miko's ideation, uh, dream slash nightmare of her future was beautiful. I love her design. I want that to come back later in the series. I just think the long flowing hair and armor is awesome. And wow, though, there's a lot to unpack there with how she views her mom in both of those and how it, how it flip-flops so easily. And then, wow, there's, there's the ending as well, which I have some, some gripes about. But Let's 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 focus on that focus on the good though before we get to her mom. I love that you mentioned her design in that because it's it's like, you know, I'm not a big Conan guy, but for whatever reason that whole dream sequence is like Conan the Barbarian meets Glitch Text to me and I don't know why. Hmm. I mean, she does have just this beefy and exciting <laughs> and powerful thing going on. She's like such a seasoned warrior by that point. So Miko breaks her gauntlet, and I really can't avoid thinking about how this episode in Miko is shaped by her mom's expectations of her, and how bad that is for her psyche and how she views herself. Miko is someone who, you know, is a little distractible. She, but that's just, you know, just a little. It's, it's fine, and that's exactly what this episode is about, or at least partially about, is her, you know, I mean, not embracing it for the first time in her life, it's not as dramatic as that, but being reminded that it's cool that she is who she is, which I already thought for two episodes, and I'm very happy to reconfirm it in the third, and, you know, that's also some good characterization for Five, who is there to be the supportive friend, doesn't, again, shine in any particular way, except that he's great at being a support and gives a really great speech. And he loves plants, doesn't he? Uh, uh, mark it down in the list of qualities Five has. He likes plants. Uh, it's endearing, his, his own commitment to rigidity. I mean, he's not a super rigid person, but you know. I, I cannot wait for us to get to the last episode of the first season. Just, I mean, for one, I, I just like the episode in general, but it, it's also just Five's love of playing things by the book is, again, specifically called out by Miko, and it's very funny in the moment. Oh, and it's greatly on display here. He wants to tackle grinding and dealing with level one enemies just straight on, has no desire to subvert that, which is, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would, would you not show up for work every day ready to step on six six inch high goblins like that? Would you not be like, yeah, grind me some? I mean, he saw the skill tree, and <laughs> unlike Miko, who's just looking at the, you know, whichever direction, the bottom or the top, whichever one <laughs> represents the, the, the end game of, of that tree, you know, Five is looking at every step along that tree, thinking, yes, 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 give me a taller tree, I'm, I'm there. I, I like that. I like that that's the contrast in our team. I, I do have a dream that someday glitch techs will be so big that they'll release like a real open world RPG, like a, n not a cash in tie in game, but like a real one where we have a skill tree that big 
And every skill on that tree isn't like plus 5% to blaster damage, but it's like you get rocket boots, you get a sword, you get a machine gun, just all the cool stuff. It's deeply surprising that this show didn't start with a video game, whereas OKKO did. It clearly other networks have, you know, seen that as a possibility. I wonder if this show was ever conceptualized that way. I'm, I've never really dug into the history of how OKKO OK ended up that way. How a game came out first, like, what, some kind of mobile title, right? It wasn't actually a console game that came yeah. later. But mobile game first introduction to the characters, along with some shorts that actually the shorts probably came out before the, I mean, huge lineage of the show. Of course, a pilot came online first, but then there were shorts yeah. and, and a game. Glitch text is so suited for that. Especially this episode, once they're in the grind of actually starting their jobs and you start talking about what kind of rewards they can get. And oh my gosh, those level two rewards were already a big deal. Pretty spicy. The boots and the, the uh, what do you even call that blade that comes off your uh, the top of your I arm? I think it was called like a gem dagger or something. I mean. I can't remember what it ended up being called. <laughs> that looked awesome. And also... I <laughs> I thought before before it turned into them keeping their pet. I thought, is she gonna really have this thing that just cuts through people at such a personal range? I mean, that is a <laughs> brutal weapon. It's a good thing they're fighting glitches. Yeah, I'll tell you this: they they do both end up getting these these items eventually later on. They casually use them throughout their work, so they didn't pass them up. They just delayed getting them. Unless they keep meeting a new friend every week, I would assume that they can just get to level three as easily as they got to level two, but you know, who knows? You you would hope, but there's probably XP scaling now. I, I will say that this was the episode that like really, really drew me in. Like after the first episode, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. And the second one, I was like, that one was really good. But it was after the third one that it's like, I love this series now. And it was all because of the ending with Allie just made me so happy. And for whatever reason, I was able to watch the theme song twice. And it's like after after they attack Chomp Kitty, my brain just turns off and I do not notice that Allie is in the theme song because like Ooh. that part of the theme song did not exist for me until I was halfway through watching season two. And I'm like, wait a minute, did they change the, the opening theme? And I'm like, no, no, they didn't. I just never always, noticed this Always part. has been. It's always been yep, that way. Exactly. There was an astronaut behind me and everything. It was very uncanny, actually. It's <laughs> Yeah, I enjoy when characters appear in theme songs, but I don't know if anyone will do it better than, uh, well, I guess, actually, Invader Zim did end up getting competition. Like, Minnie Moose appears in the, in the Xmas special, but I guess Rick and Morty did the same thing. Rick and, Rick and Morty had Mr. Poopy Butthole, and that honestly was probably an even smarter hilarious version of that but anyway the so on the topic of of their new pet we bring the idea in that there are friendly npcs and we also get a little bit of thoughtfulness from miko on uh maybe yeah, you're conscious yes. and alive <laughs> and i think that's great because it's not too dissimilar from how steven you know, he would have already empathized with with monsters when they were fighting them, but there, there's a lot of similarities between the way that they're going out and capturing these things, and, you know, it just kind of ends with things getting uh, bubbled away, zapped away into their devices. Since this is a show about video games, I feel like I should quote from a video game, Mass Effect, does this unit have a soul? And there's, there's, I don't know how much more they're going to push into it, because right now they're like, 
animals and they're not as close to, you know, humans already, but maybe, <laughs> I mean, I always had this question about how, how droids are supposed to be interpreted and that is pushing my brain even farther in the Star Wars universe with uh, the Mandalorian out. I just can't wrap my head around how much humanity or soulfulness I'm supposed to ascribe to robots. But, uh, you know, there's the same thing going on here. What What is a glitch's identity? I don't know. Guess we'll uh, continue to think about it or not. Right now, we're still not thinking about the fact that we just wipe the minds of... What was the term they used? Uh, uh, stooges. Stooges. That's one way to view the general public who is apparently an idiot for not knowing that they're getting mind wiped. Okay. <laughs> that's a that's yeah. a pretty down view of uh, the population. You're talking about mind wiping. I, I just think it's very interesting. It's like, Miko, you're like the one employee they literally cannot fire. I mean, I guess they could murder you, but like, they'll just give you another gauntlet. It's okay. Yeah, very, very accepting. Great boss. Good job, Phil. I like Phil. He's he's like my spirit animal. I want to grow up to be just like him. <laughs> uh, I still feel like he's a character that's good until something that could potentially make him evil. But uh, I don't know. There's just something about him. I'm sure he won't actually be evil because he's not. Wholesome Phil? How could Phil ever be evil? It just, there's like something about his dispassion. He's such a lackadaisical manager. It's like, that's why his place is a dump, because he puts the minimum amount of effort into everything. That's the thing. There's something about characters who are too lackadaisical that makes me think that they could play either side because of how bored they are with what they do. But he's not hes not actually that far. That's more like a Gaz character, right? Again, invoking Invader Zim. She's just truly apathetic to what's happening, except actually, even for her, she was apathetic, but then I guess she still cared about video games. Yeah. Don't or, eat her pizza. Or apparently in the reimagining of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that dog. Dude. <laughs> no, wait, that's the... I'm thinking of the doll from the Xmas episode. She's just staring at her neighbor's dog. Well, yeah, well, I was thinking of uh, Battle Dib. Mm. Where she, she enacts terrible vengeance upon Dib because he ate her pizza. I'm sorry about your tacos or whatever. <laughs> He didn't even remember what it was he ate. That's the that was the worst part. I think I think we should dig in more. Uh, we're we're just throwing praise at this show. We're saying episode three goes even farther. What is it? I I I I, I keep going to the animation. I think this episode's even tighter than the last two. I think the very first episode had a little bit more of that pilot style to me, and now it just feels very mature and and well done and well crafted and i am loving it it is i mean with miko's energy and the energy of the animation how could you not be completely consumed by the 22 minutes i don't know anything about uh animation like i said i, I did not appreciate season one of one punch man until oh. season two happened and then i realized what was missing but I, yes. I do think that part of the reason why this is such a great episode is because it's just such a great story. I mean, this is mm. this is like every gamer's fantasy, and this is like the fantasy of the show. They're, they're taking their first step into a larger world, since, you know, we're calling on Star Wars and Invader Zim all day today. And it's just, ooh, and it has such an uplifting ending to make it all perfect. To just keep on bringing in other cartoon references, I think you're right in that glitch text does something that Fairly Odd Parents did for 
kids, what made that show so appealing, at least to me when I was a kid, was imagining that I too could have my very own fairy godparents. There's just like a huge appeal to that. And so also thinking about, oh, RPG in real life? You know, we've gotten there a little bit in Steven Universe or OK KO, the, you know, indirectly they're adventuring or, well, KO's probably had more direct adventures like it. But we get to live vicariously through Mika, who's just like, boom, I am in a game. This is amazing. And I just love how much that that goes with completely ignoring the obvious dark side of it. <laughs> like, they're so, they're so, um, they're so blind to it. I don't know. This is just what Honobi does, I think. They have the they have the casuals who work at the store and they keep them keep them happy with their pretty shiny RPG stuff, and all the people at corporate do whatever their real work is. Yeah, whatever that real work is. Of course, it is a it is a fantasy, so I, I <laughs> I'm still struggling with why it's specifically a video game company that uh has the problems, you know. It's an interesting front to choose for your nefarious dealings i mean i i was i was thinking of what if this is just what happens in the world of glitch text what if there is a like a baking company that has to have people running around like people turn into monsters when they when they eat a bad batch and they have to restore these people to normal and fix all the damage they did with some (laughs) baking themed items I, I, that would be fun to have an episode that somehow the team crosses another team that's cleaning up the the baking mess. You know, if you don't follow the recipe, it will (laughs) go terribly wrong. The very end of the episode is both teams successfully wipe each other's memories. And so you see like both at once. What were we doing again? Eh, whatever. We got XP. Let's go. It writes itself too good. Actually, that would be a great way to expand the universe, but then be able to delay developing it for another season with mind wiping. Of course, we still have Miko's mysterious ability to not be mind wiped lurking there. I don't know when they'll uh, bring that up again, but she built an affinity with a glitch, though. I don't know if that's a unique ability to her either, but I guess it was already an NPC character. Yeah, Allie is programmed to be a friendly character, so I'm, I'm assuming... She saw two adventurers and decided to help them after they helped her. Like, that's a classic RPG trope. You do a quest for somebody, and then they join the party. So, that probably made sense to Allie. Now, what do you think about the implications that Allie can teleport? The The technology of the world is obviously really advanced. Oh, wait, you know what? I take it back. Didn't Haven't we already seen Mitch use uh, teleportation technology? Someone in the uh, shows used teleportation. I, I don't know if he's teleported, like, himself, but they can all use portals. Yeah. That's a huge technology. Maybe I'm just primed by Rick and Morty to view portals as a important technology, but or Shira. It's Shira has also primed oh, people to think portals are important. Of course, Shira. That's what it is. I'm like, what made portals so I mean, big? Hordak has an entire like part of a speech about, oh, you know, you're thinking too small. <laughs> that's right. <sighs> See, portals. As soon as you introduce them, they're they're like a a mind-bending technology. So if they exist in a universe, you have to imagine who is the most powerful person who has this capacity because you can do so many things. It's one of the most powerful things in the universe to be at any position in space that you want to be. You know, the only other better thing to control is time, maybe? Anyway. Mm, That would be pretty good. Ask Ask the Time Lords all about that. Yeah, imagine if that dude could also just be anywhere at will without having to go into his box. Be pretty scary. (laughs) 
just just getting to the box, eh, it usually takes about an episode to get back. But let's talk about Miko's mom, because I <laughs> I here's the thing. It's a tr- this is not a trope. I don't know what the word is, but when music plays and it doesn't agree with how I feel about what's happening on screen, it's problematic for me. And I never know if it is an actual problematic quality of a show or not. But when Miko's mom comes by at the end and expresses that she is happy that her daughter's working so hard and it's okay to stay up a little late playing video games, you know, that's cute, but her mom has to recognize that she is causing her daughter great anxiety, (laughs) self-doubt, image problems. I mean, it's... It's bad, right? I think you're I think you're reading too much into that. I I never got anything out of her mother's interactions with her other than, "Okay, honey, like I I'm worried about you, honey. You got to you got to be better, honey." She's too focused like, on Miko has genuine problems that like don't apply really to being a glitch tech, but her mom doesn't know that. Like glitch techs is the perfect place for somebody like Miko, but you know, her mother thinks it's a much more boring job than it is. While I'll agree that, you know, for instance, when it comes to school, that Miko may have problems that need to be addressed, I don't think they are addressable by her mom merely stating over and over again that <laughs> Miko should change her behavior. Because clearly, that's not how parenting works or guiding a person works, especially if they maybe actually literally have ADHD or something. Just telling them that work is important and they should get a job and they should focus and you can't focus. Those aren't entirely helpful things to say. So I guess that's my problem. I don't think it bothers Miko. What I want to know about the ending there. It bothers her, right? Because she, that's like the core of the episode. That's all she can focus on. Okay, yeah, okay. Right, like she gets super down and she's... You know, looking real sad, oh, and that's where yes, we have to get the she, pep talk, right? But that's, that's when she first from, crushes five. She's she's sourcing that moment of, you know, self-doubt. She's sourcing that from her mom. He, she wouldn't just think she's a failure on her own. It seems to be coming from that, which we also get from the fact that she sees her mother as an evil person in her one of her future <laughs> flashbacks. So I... I'm interested to see this relationship develop, but I'm afraid they're not going to push it as hard as they could because that ending music, when her and her mom have a moment, is too sweet. And you could actually have the exact same scene and the exact same voice acting and the exact same reaction from Miko being happy, but if the music didn't completely support the scene, then you'd have a little bit of, if not bittersweetness, some doubt yourself as a viewer that her mom's behavior is entirely appropriate, but... We'll see. We'll see. She is a loving mom. Like, I'm not going to take that away. She cares about her daughter in more than a, you're useful to me or not, or you make me look good or not. Like, she is a, she's a better mother than that. I'm not saying she's the worst parent of all time. I mean, we have Rose Quartz for that, right? We have Shadow Weaver for that. We have Shadow Weaver for that. And I love Shadow Weaver, but like, she's an objectively bad person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I, she is... Miko's mom's not Shadow Weaver, by a long shot. But Glitch Text is not about uh, Miko's relationship with her mother, so I fear that that will not be expanded on much more. But that scene does interest me for another reason. So apparently Miko and Lexi have gone to bed. And, 
Yet her mother is coming up with snacks for Miko anyway, and then is surprised that Miko is playing a video game. It's like, did you just expect her to wake up and then eat the snacks and then go back to sleep? Obviously, you expected her to be awake doing something. Here's some tortilla chips to drift you off to sleep. I don't know. I mean, maybe she knew, but she just needed to because she's a horrible mother. Sneak in the fact that she disapproves of gaming anyway. But also, let me support you a little bit this time because you're working such long hours, which is clearly a good thing and not indicative of an abusive, you know, employer. Hey, hey, she's paid by the hour. She's paid for every hour she's there, so. Oh, and they're having a blast. And, and Allie, Allie better give that bull back uh, later. She she better puke that one up too, because otherwise it's going to be, uh, Mika, whatever happened to that bowl I gave you? Oh, uh, I don't remember. Focus, Miko! The fact that she has, I'm guessing, constant access to a mind wiper also makes the narrative questions of, oh, should she really be letting this bird free right now? <laughs> In her own house, <laughs> where it would be incredibly conspicuous? Doesn't matter, because she could just wipe her family's mind at any time. That would be really funny to see her do that. I'm guessing since in episode one, you said that mind wiping is not brought up frequently as a choice, that that won't happen. That would be interesting to do and then make our characters regret later but it's fine mm. everything doesn't need to be dark and <laughs> complicated yeah, and just let it be a happy series david i know and that's why it's so great too right it's just so bright and even though there's moments of i'm not sure what i can if i can handle this i'm not sure if what i'm doing is right it, it felt very like even anime when that happened almost even not as video gamey and then, you know, we're right back in fighting the giant monster with a gem on its back. And that's just fine. Yeah, I, I love there. Well, since we're lower level, we need to do a quick burst of maximum DPS at close range. It's like, yeah, yeah, doing the maximum amount of damage per second is usually how you approach boss fights. <laughs> I Yeah, no, I like the I like going slowly because I want to look at the <laughs> the character model of the boss. <laughs> like, what other excuse could you that make? That would actually be interesting, a boss fight where the loot that the boss drops gets better the longer the fight goes on. That is a terrible incentive to pad the length of a game. I'm imagining a game where that was true for every enemy. You would have to make it interesting by having the ads that the boss summons get harder and more interesting over time. No, 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 so no, no, no. So it's no, not no. just doing the same thing over and over, but... I'm imagining a game that it is only a worse experience. Like, it's literally, you get... Put in a boss room, the doors are locked, and just the longer that you avoid getting hit by the boss but not actually putting forth any damage, <laughs> the more rewarding it is. This would be one of those microtransaction-filled games. <laughs> you can you can grind for the loot by doing nothing, or you can just give us money. Hey, options, That right? would <laughs> We're not holding a gun to anyone's head. You're such a good capitalist. I was thinking of a more undertale type approach that deconstructs what games are themselves. So they're making fun of you for wasting time. And I remember what game I was thinking of, Little Inferno. It was like that little indie game where you just burned items in a fire. And it was just making fun of people who play (laughs) play video games, actually. It was kind of a very broad commentary. But all you do is you burn items in a fireplace. And for each item you burn, it emits coins. And then you pick up the coins and then you open a catalog and buy more things to burn. And there's like a very minor story. (laughs) But the main point of the game, and I loved it, 100%ed it, is that you just put things in a fire. Now, there are combos of things. Like, if you put one thing in a fire and another thing, it gives you more coins, potentially. And so you figure out combinations. But 
Anyway, so no, this would be a terrible game, except I like the microtransaction idea. Let's keep that in mind because I'll get some investors together. We'll see what IPs we can license. Anyway, guys, that's been us on Going Going Gauntlet. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Please leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.